Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Arb Life Podcast. Tonight, I'm joined once again by Drew Bristow as we talk about his experience at this year's Red Bull Branched Out Tree Climbing Competition. Drew shares his insights on safety, community, and camaraderie, and how tree climbing competitions can have a serious impact on the ecology around them. Yeah, Drew Bristow, welcome back, my friend. Welcome back. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure to speak to you again, mate. Hey. Uh, let's let's talk about Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, well, congrats on being there. Um, I know you uh, you went over as a competitor, and um, from some of the comments uh, from social media, you expressed that uh, you were extremely excited about the event so um you know i want to hear more about it i want to hear uh some details about the competition and your uh impressions and your uh your overall uh, thoughts on the future uh-huh yeah well it's uh i know it's it's a it's a very different climbing event and i think it's got a bit of a bad rap because of the words that they've used describing it you know like it's, it's got Red Bull mystique to it. Uh, a lot of people think it's this big, insane tree climbing competition. So I wasn't sure what it was going to be like when I went over, but that was part of the reason why I wanted to go as well. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a brilliant competition. Uh, 100 climbers over three days. From the top 100, you get down to the top 50. And then from the 50... Goes down to twenty, from twenty down to four, and then to the you know this the the winners, and it just gets harder and harder, and quicker and quicker. But as it gets quicker, you've only got the best climbers left, so the skill level increases, and so does the competition. So it's it's a hell of a spectacle to watch. Uh, the crowd don't have to be tree climbers, which I think is a problem with traditional tree climbing competitions. Uh, you see the crowd; they get it. Uh, short attention span as everyone everyone has when you're looking up mm-hmm. it's just a brilliant event uh I've, i haven't got a bad word to say about it you know, one of the safest climbing events i've been to uh the most spectacular events i've been to uh it's not tree work this is not arbora culture it's sport tree climbing and th- that's a big important difference to identify as well um no i think it's uh I think it's cool, and, and I think one of the interesting things about uh, just tree climbing competitions in general, um, you know, I, I do feel that uh, a lot of people are kind of stepping out of the dark and, and developing these things in different ways, um, in different arenas, and I think Red Bull has sort of, like you said, has its own take on it, and then, you know, you have your traditional uh, ISA comps, um, <clears throat> something like, uh, you know, North American tree climbing competition, which is also an, an ISA event, of course. And then the many, the many different regional, uh, chapter competitions that you have all across the world, you know, you, they, they mm-hmm. all, they all have their personal touch. And I think yep. that, um, it's a really good thing because I feel like, you know, people feed off of that and, and, you know, and, and again, I mean, let, let's be honest here. You have some of the best arborists in the entire world, uh, you know, behind the scenes of, of the Red Bull event. So it's not like it's yeah. coming from a place of, um, of, of a place of foreign, um, inspiration, if you will, you yeah. know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, I think that's that's the, one of the most important points as well. Yeah, behind the scenes, you've got Craig Hallam from Arb Australia, uh, Jed Reynolds, Grant Cody, Stavros, Joe Harris, Richie Kenyon, you know, Shannon Hart. These are all big names in, in tree care and tree climbing and the tree world. And all of these guys, they give up a whole week, uh, a full week of their life beforehand, just there getting the trees ready, making sure liaising with the local community you know we did a lot of uh, fracture pruning uh, uh, habitat creation for this for the local community in in the trees around so it takes a lot of work that goes into these events and Australia you know they're, they're choosing tree species that are hardy as well you know you have a hundred people running over the limbs you can't choose trees where the bark's going to be popping off you need you need a hard wearing tree. So they're, they're choosing these red gums and you know, it was a yellow bark, I think. Mm-hmm. They, they, they can take this amount of work on them. Uh, you've got the climbers, like that list of climbers who are organizing it. They're, they're choosing 30-meter trees and they're choosing swings and finding these roots. Where if you do come off and you miss a swing, you're not going to be flying into the stem and popping a shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to, as what happened to me, you're just going to float into midair mm-hmm. and then have to it's like footlock back up. You know the, the the danger aspect. It's it's in a lot of people's mind, but the way the routes are set up, you know, and that takes a lot of thinking about. And so these guys have got many years of competitions behind them, and so they know how to set up a, a good competition spectacle climb. Uh, so there's there's lots that go into it rather than just saying. Here's 100 climbers go nuts. You know that that's not what happens, and I think that's what people in some parts of the world thought happened after the first one. Right, right. Do you find um, uh, the spirit uh, amongst the competitors in general? Uh, was it an atmosphere that allowed you to push yourself? A uh, highly competitive level of camaraderie, friendly atmosphere. Uh, you know what was that like as far as? Um, as far as the crowd goes? Uh, as far as the crowd goes, there was just lots of, I don't know, a bit of a, not exactly true, but, you know, it was lots of like oohs and ahs because a majority of the crowd were from this small local community. They'd never seen proper tree climbing before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was amazing sitting down with like a 70-year-old dude and just chatting to him and explaining what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And he was just over the air. He just he was a smile. He'd never he'd never seen anything before, right? Like this before. And then amongst the climbers, um, that's what I always find at all tree climbing competitions. You run through the tree, and you immediately tell the person you're trying to beat, right? How they can beat you? How they can beat you? Right. You know, like don't 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 go to the left. You, it's slower. Go to the right. Right. And you're telling that person to beat you because everyone just wants to see the best climb and everyone wants to cheer and see the best person when you never want to see anyone make a mistake you're just there to watch the best climb and i think that that's the same in the isa competitions as well mm-hmm. you do a master's climb or a speed climb you, you tell you tell the other people in your group you know what to do what's going to be better right so it's, it's got that similar it definitely didn't have there's no elitism because there, there was a big cash prize and there was lots of prizes available but the Tree climbers just aren't that kind of sportsman, you know, or right. sports people. Right. Everyone, everyone's there to have fun, see everyone climb well, and it's a get together, you know. Get lot. I think nine different nations flew in for this, and it was great meeting people from Ireland, from France, from Australia, from America, from New Zealand. 
you know, that, that, that's why tree climbing competitions are so great, isn't it? It's the people who are involved. Mm. Yeah, I definitely see, uh, I feel as though we move into the future, we definitely see a more of a globalized community. A lot of people are traveling and, um, you know, just people working abroad, climbing abroad, uh, yeah. you know, being able to, to do that kind of stuff, um, is, uh, it's an interesting opportunity in this industry, especially, um, mm -hmm. you know, Drew, the one other thing, um, that I kind of wanted to talk about, and it's, uh, it, I guess it's always kind of a hot topic, but, uh, as far as gear goes, uh, was there, um, was there a preferred, uh, climbing system? Did you notice a lot of climbers, um, using a, one piece of gear or another, uh, you know, because of, how the trees were set up, uh, did it, did it owe to a lot of creativity? I mean, it, I guess it's different in that sense that it's not a master's climb. It, it's, it is more of a work climb style event, yeah. right? So, I mean, it was probably one dimensional in gear or how did that kind of pan out? Uh, well, yeah, but there's no time for redirects or fancy this, fancy that. It, it is primarily a pure speed event. Right. So no lanyards, uh, you try to keep everything minimal, no tangling. Uh, so regarding popular equipment, it was easy rope runner on SRT or zigzag on DRT. You know, hands down, that, that was the most popular. Right. And I think that's possibly, you know, hitch cords could bind a little bit if you want to do a really fast, quick descent. Right. You know, it is quite hard to keep them open. Right. Um, so I think people are getting more used to using mechanicals. And, you know, is, is it an age where we're going into more mechanicals? You know, are they becoming more popular? Are, are there climbers in the industry now who've never learned how to tie a VT? I, for me, the answer is yes. Right, um, right. So I think we're, we're seeing that. In the, in the final four, which I think was Kevin, Ryan, uh, Sam, and Craig, I, from memory, I think there was three different routes that they went. Uh, they all went slightly different routes. Oh wow! Well, they'll always be trying to save a, you know, two seconds. I'm going to go underneath this branch or over top of that branch. You know, yeah. everyone did put their own little stamp on it. Yeah, you know, it's always uh, it's always cool. There's definitely, I feel as though in in any event, but especially in the ones that are a little more creative, where whether it be the work climb or the aerial rescue, there is a certain pride in taking a different route to try and. Mm -hmm you know, put your own, like you said, put your own stamp on it. And, and, uh, that, that's interesting that you, that you had mentioned that. And I think that's, uh, you know, I think it's a, the beauty of, uh, the tree climbing competitions, because a lot of times we talk about arboriculture as a science and an art. And I think that it is in our, in some ways, a form of artistic expression, the way that people climb and the way that they, uh, employ their gear and the way that they carry themselves in the tree. I definitely think that there's uh, some form of expression behind it, and um, yeah, I think you see that a lot of times in how certain climbs pan out. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I was I lost my voice then. Uh, so no, what I was going to say before was uh, regarding comparing the Red Bull to a work event. Mm. I think now we're seeing more recreational climbers. People that just, they might, not, they might not ever use a chainsaw. They might not ever use a handsaw. Right. And so for them, climbing around trees, it isn't about work so much. You know, traditionally, if you were a tree climber, you were a tree worker. But now we're getting people that just go out climbing for fun. 
or they might be scientists, biologists, uh, you know, just canopy researchers. And they don't use hand saws. They don't need to do a lot of the things that the traditional events uh, have required. So I think this event, a Red Bull event, is a stepping away from tree climbing is only tree work. Right. You know, uh, that's right. how I see it a little bit as well. Again, this is the far end of the spectrum because it's the quickest sort. Sure. But I think I think we've all been wanting something away from the ISA event or a change. And so this this isn't taking away. It's just another alternative. And I think it allows other tree climbers and also non-tree climbers. You know, we might start getting rock climbers, uh, industrial climbers. They might see it as a bit of fun. They don't know the rules of tree climbing uh, via tree work, but they know they can jump around on a rope and harness pretty quick. And if it gets these people into the industry, then yeah, I think it's a good thing. You know, I don't really see a problem with that. And if there's some young kids in the audience and they go, wow, I can go to school and then I can go to college and I can do that as a job, then, you know, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. I, I, I just don't see any issues. That's as right. Long as, as, long, as long as it's set up properly, you know, you need the right trees, you need the right organizers. You know, it could be done very badly. Yeah, you know, but this these event this event was done very well. So my my hats off to the my hats off to the organizers. Well, and and you know I think that if you were to if you were to break it down, uh, you know from a behind the scenes perspective, again, like I said, the people that are setting these things up, the people that are responsible for inspecting the trees and actually doing the tree work. Like we said, mm -hmm. these people are some of the best in the world. And so because you have so much experience on the back end, I think that opens up another level of safety for people mm -hmm. to, you know, you know, like you say, uh, across all of the all of the different studies, whether it be rock climbing or an industrial rope athlete, um, mm -hmm. because I mean, isn't that what it is? Isn't isn't that what leads to? Isn't that what leads to pushing these things into the future is this collaboration? I mean, so so many things that we take from rope access or caving or what other, whatever other type of um, uh, areas that people use rope, ascend on rope, uh, use rope to work position. I mean, it, 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 it certainly it certainly does uh, broaden the horizon. And I think it's really interesting. Uh, and I think there's still a lot of opportunity for, uh, for growth and for, um, mm -hmm. to, to push it into the future. Yeah, and I think it's really cool if our mechanical devices will get in there. Because I remember when I started climbing, I was going down to the boat chandlery store, buying, yeah, buying uh, new pulleys that were used for boating. There was nothing designed for art at all. And now to see other industries looking at our equipment going, oh, I, I could use that. Oh, I, I could take that into my industry. I think that's a pretty cool coin flip that's happened, that we're now the guys, well, we're now the people developing the equipment that other industries, are, you know, they're seeing it and getting jealous of what we can do on rope. You know, rather than just going up and down in a 2D, on a 2D wall, and they're seeing swings going in a 3D, 3D motion. And... Uh, I think there's a bit of jealousy coming from a few industries, to be honest, about what our equipment allows us to do. Well, and 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 you know, I think that I think that that's a really good point that you say 
people are looking to us and saying, wow, look at, look at how they're moving through the tree. Let's adopt this. We can use this here. We can't use that here. But yeah, as you mm-hmm. said, I mean, mechanicals are uh, really an interesting phenomenon uh, to themselves because I think they do open the, the door for... Uh, some type of longevity in the sense that, okay, uh, if you're climbing fast, you also run the risk of glazing a prussic and then, and then it it becomes a little bit more unsafe. Whereas with the mechanical, I mean, you certainly do get wear over time, but in that event and in that moment, you know, you might say, wow, look at this. I mean, these mechanicals are actually a little bit safer given the circumstances, uh, given the context Mm -hmm. of the competition. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's that, that, that safety aspect is something that I before you mentioned it like that, I hadn't even thought about it. You know, for co- company inspectors, they can go and look at a bollard and go, "Oh, that's worn. You know, that, that's lost ten percent. That needs to be replaced." For them to do that to a hitch cord, it takes a lot more ingrained rope knowledge. So I can see again how mechanicals will have that influence within industry because it's easier to do your to do your checking. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It does. It does lend itself to the to the inspection realm uh, as well. And um, these are all, you know, these are all really good points. And and I think that the competitions uh, is just that a conversation between climbers and between uh, the people that are setting it up and the people that are judging it. And um, yeah. It's just uh, it's it's a really fascinating uh, phenomenon, and it's and it's really cool to see Red Bull get involved mm-hmm. because I mean let's be honest, uh, Red Bull brings a lot of hype to the to the uh, extreme uh, athletic realm, and and I think that uh, we all consider ourselves a little bit of an adventurer and a little bit of a of an extreme athlete as a tree climber. You know, I think that yeah. people yeah. really really like that edge and 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 i think that it's one of the uh one of the thing that attracts so many people to uh people flying through trees it really is a wild thing and it's a and and it, and it is an exciting thing and so uh uh to celebrate that i think is a is a positive thing and i think it's a really cool thing yeah and the other, the other thing about the red bull event and i don't want to talk too much about how it's amazing but uh, it's always done in a, it's done in a very remote location in Australia every year. And the amazing thing about that is it goes to this small little town where half the shops are kind of shut and closing. Yeah, these are the places that need people to go to have a hundred climbers plus all the event crew and families and friends turn up. The injection into the small community. Yeah, there was talk of like four hundred thousand dollars got injected into the community over the week of Red Bull, mm-hmm. and just to have that, yeah, it's more than just a climbing competition when you start looking at these knock-on social effects as well. So rather than have it in Sydney or you know, or Melbourne, going out into the countryside, getting all these people out there, it's a, it's a great feeling to see, you know, have all the local community you know, absolutely loving having all the climbers there. You know, that, that was something that was really nice to see as well that I didn't expect. That's awesome. That's really it. That is a, a a really kind-hearted insight into it because I don't think a lot of people think about how those sorts of things affect the community and and you know as a community of climbers and arborists we can uh, you know maybe play a small part in in doing uh, a little bit of good for the communities that we that we climb in and that we work in and that we care about. I think it's a really important exactly. aspect. Yeah, no, it really is. And the other thing with the, the setup, 
the big the big final tree that was going to be used when the guys were inspecting it they found uh, some gliders which is like a flying squirrel a, a small bee's nest uh, quite a lot of habitat so they quickly decided yeah we're not using this tree anymore uh, once we've inspected it it's too important as habitat so it's just nice that an event can completely swap tree because it wasn't just a standing piece of wood, you know, and, and an arborist take on it and declared, no, we must go and use another tree, you know. So it definitely was a lot of care taken. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing to think how many how many different types of lives you can affect, not just not just people, not just climbers, but uh, the habitat and the ecology mm-hmm. around you. And I think that. Uh, I think that speaks volumes for the event and the people behind it and uh, your insight as well and your observations. Uh, just a, a wonderful, wonderful insight into the event, Drew. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you about it, Thomas, as well. Because uh, shameless plug here, you know, my, my long-term supporters at Yale, uh, I don't climb as much as I used to living in Fiji. Uh, they said they were happy to send me over and just to be there, you know, on behalf of them and hanging out with the climbers and then being able to tell what, what it was actually like, you know, it puts a big smile on my face as well. So I've got to say a big thanks to Yale for sending me. Shame, shame this plug over. Hey, they, hey, you know what? No, no, I, honestly, uh, uh, you, you, I got a big smile on my face right now, man. I mean, I'm smiling. I'm smiling right now. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's rubbing off. And uh, you're you're a great representative. They should be. They well, they are very lucky to to have you uh, as an associate, and uh, we're lucky to have you in the uh, ARB community to uh, report to us and bring us these these wonderful insights from the field. Drew Bristow, uh, Red Bull climber extraordinaire. Uh, world, <laughs> world traveler, adventure, um, Drew. Uh, Stop it! <laughs> I I got to be honest. I'm 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 so grateful to uh, to talk to you, and uh, please feel free to give me a shout. Anything uh, has your fancy or has your inspiration? Yeah, will do, buddy. Like I said, it's a pleasure speaking to you, and uh, hope to see you out here in Fiji one day. No doubt, man. I'll talk to you soon, Drew. Thank you, See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Arb Life Podcast. You can follow our blog and our podcast at the website www.thearblife.com. Sign up for an email subscription on the lower right hand side of the page. The Arb Life for Arborists to be inspired.